Hare Krishna, everyone. Welcome to Saturday Sangha on <clears throat> January 22nd, 2022. We have lots of twos today. And uh, we will have some Krishna Kata, some Hari Kata, as it's also said. So nice to be back after two weeks. Last week I had another program on Saturday. Um, <clears throat> for the Mayapur Institute and that program went for two weeks every day for five days five days a week um, <clears throat> but yeah, a week ago Friday I couldn't do it because of another meeting, so we had to make it Saturday. Anyway, here we are now, back to some sort of normal. And uh, nice to see you all here again. So we'll do what we usually do. Um, we'll read and sing a song by Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur. And this time I thought I'll try changing the order of things after we sing Bhaktivinoda Thakur's song. I thought I'll go right into discussing something about hermeneutics and then And then we can see what else is um, for discussion. I want to try it this way just for a change. Uh, partly because otherwise we end up hardly having any time for discussing our topic. We discuss everything except our topic. So we'll we'll experiment. Yeah. Om Ajnana Timirandasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Nama Shri Chaitanya Manobhishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Svayam rupa kadamayam dadati svapadantikam. Vande ham shi guru, shi yutta parakamalam, shi gurun vaishnavangscha, shi rupam sagrajatam, sahagana raganatang vitam tang sajivam. 
Sadvaitam Savadutam Paridana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakan Vitangscha Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prasthaya Bhutale Srimate Bhaktivedanta Swamin Itinamine Namaste Sarasvate Devi Gauravani Pracharine Nivishesha Shunyavadi Paschatyadeshatarine Vancha Kalpatrubhyascha Kripa Sindhubhya Evacha Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavibhyo Namo Nama He Krishna Karana Sindhu Dinabando Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute Tapta Kanchana Gaurangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Rishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shivasari Gaurabhakta Vinda Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So today we are beginning with <clears throat> a song by Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur from his Kalyana Kalpataru song collection. And we're in the second section uh, called Upalabdi. And this song is Nirveda Lakshana Upalabdi, song number two. And in this song, he is speaking about, he's kind of analyzing the problem of desire in the material world. Material desire leads to more, more material desires. So he says, Ore um, mana, he's addressing the mind. Ore mana, bodibar asha keno koro. Partiva unnati jata, seshe abanati tata, shanta hau mor paka daro. 
my dear mind. Why do you want to increase your ambitions unlimitedly? Don't you know that as much as one gets elevated to the high position of a king, to that same degree he meets his own, his downfalling uh, at the end. So then calm down, Shantahau. Get a grip on yourself. <laughs> it's a kind of English slang expression. Get a grip on yourself. Get a grip on yourself and try to catch what I will say to you now. Bakyadaro. Mm. Okay, let's see. How does this work? Partiba. Unnati means elevation. Jata, as much elevation there is. Sheshe, in the end. Abhanati, tata. Uh, Abhanati would be degradation going down. And the question word is keno, why? Why do you do this to yourself? Body, body bar, body bar is increasing. Why are you increasing your asha, your hopes, your desires? Hmm? Okay, verse number two. Asar iyato nai asha pato shodabhai nai rasya Kontake Rudha Ache Borojoto Asha Toto Asha Nahi Hoi Hoto Asha Nahi Nita Nita Bache. <laughs> There's no limit to the increase of material desires. Ashar Iyatanai. This is how it works if one obtains a desire. Okay, now um, he's giving analysis. This is how it works. If one obtains a desire, then he gets poked by the thorn of disappointment. Mm -hmm. Not sure of the Bengali here. By that, he is forced to look forward to still another desire. Uh, and in this way, one keeps on continuously moving on and on from one desire to the next. Asha. Well, the word asha we know. <laughs> Uh, from from Asha to Asha. Asha nahi hoi hato. There's no stopping of Asha, of desire. And all such material hopes and aspirations are not stopped even by death. 
they will still continue increasing even if you keep on changing bodies. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's... Uh, for me, that's a difficult one to work out the Bengali word by word. Okay, let's try the third one. If you get one kingdom today, ek raja aj pao, that's easy enough. One kingdom, ek raja aj today pao, uh, you obtain. Then tomorrow you will want still another kingdom to increase your domain. Anya Raja Ka Kaal Kai Kal Chao. Anya Raja, another, you'll want another Chao. You will want another Raja, another kingdom. And after that, you will want to rule the whole world, Sarvaraja Koro, Jodilabo. After getting that, still your desires will not be satisfied. Tabu Asha Nahe Shesha, Indra Pada Aboshesha, until finally you will be renouncing your post of Lord Indra, with high hopes of obtaining the power and influence of Lord Brahma. So, Indrapada, Avashesha, Chadi, Chadiya, Chabe, Brahmar, Parabhava. And the position of Brahma, you will, Chaibe, you will desire, having given up Chadiya, Indrapada, Avashesha the position of Indra. Brahmatva chadiya bhai. <laughs> Shivapada kise bhai. E chinta habe abhirata. If you get the post of Lord Brahma, you will then be constantly plotting how to usurp the post of Lord Shiva. Kisei Pai, um, how, how can I get, Kisei is a question word, how can I get the position of Shiva? So Brahmatva, um, br br literally Brahma, Brahmaness, uh, the state of being Brahma, Chariya, giving up, by, O brother, Echinta Habe Abhirata, and this Chinta, this anxiety, <clears throat> will be there. Shivatva labhya nara brahma samma tadantara tadantara asha kore shankar anugata. If one attains the post of Shiva. Then the only thing left to be obtained is the oneness of merging in the supreme Brahman effulgence. 
That kind of desire is especially cherished by the impersonalist followers of Sri Shankaracharya. So Shankara Anugata, the followers of Shankara, Asa Kore, Koren, I guess. Uh, so this hope is um, be, being made uh, by the followers of Shankara. Brahma Samya, like or equal to Brahman, Tad Antara, that is uh, the, what follows. Shivatva Laviya Nara, after a human being may obtain Shivatva. Of course, one never obtains the position of Shiva. You can become Lord Brahma, but you can't become Lord Shiva. So sorry. <clears throat> I know you were all hoping you could become Lord Shiva. Ataiva asa pasa jahe hoi sarva nasha. Ridoi hoite rako dure. Therefore, my dear mind, Ataiva is therefore, knowing that everything is lost within the endless network of hopes and aspirations, asa pasha. Jahe hoi sarva nasha, nasha means destruction, uh, sarva nash, complete destruction. Jahe hoi, following that, or as a, as a consequence. Hridoi hoite rako dure, keep far, keep distant uh, from your heart. You should keep all such material desires at the maximum distance from your heart. Akinshana bhava loye Chaitanya charana shroye Basha koro shoda shantipure Taking on the mood and behavior of a humble servant under the shelter of Lord Chaitanya's feet. So, Akinshana Bhava, the Bhava, the mood of Akinshana, of someone who literally uh, has no possessions. Um, from Kim and Chana, Kim Chana something, Akin Chana nothing. <clears throat> Chaitanya Charana Ashraye, uh, taking shelter of the feet of Chaitanya. You should thus always reside in Vaikunta, Bosho, Koro, Koroho. Uh, you should reside, you should make your residence Shada always Shantipure, <laughs> uh, which he translates as Vaikunta. I was thinking it could also mean live in Shantipur, <laughs> uh, which is south of 
Navadvip, Mayapur. Shantipur is a town. But uh, considering that Bhaktivinoda Thakur once commented that Shantipur is um, populated simply by Vaishnava Aparadis. What was it? Vaishnava Aparadis and uh, one other type, he said. I don't remember now. Vaishnava, but Vaishnava Aparadis. He felt there were, at that, in his time, there were so many Vaishnava Aparadis in Shantipur. So maybe he didn't mean Shantipur in that sense. Vaikuntha. <laughs> okay, let's see if we can make this into something at least somewhat melodious. since I played this harmonium and it doesn't look very happy. Sticking notes. Unati Jata Seshe Abaniti Abaniti Tata Partiba Unati Jata Seshe Abanati Tata Shanta hau mor baka ga Shanta hau mor baka da Asar iyatta nai Asha Pasha Asha Pata Shadabai 
Ashanahi Nitya Nitya Vache Ashanahi Nitya Nitya Vache Ek Raja Ajpao Anya Raja Koro Jodi Labha Tabu Asha Nahi Nahi Sesha Indra Pada Avasesha Tabu Asha Nahi Sesha Indra Pada Avasesha Chadi Chabe Brahma Pada Baba Chadi Chabe Brahma Pada Baba Brahmata Chadiya Bhai Shiva Pada Kise Pai Brahmata Chadiya Bhai Shiva Pada Kise Pai Habe Habe Rata Echinta Habe Habe Rata Shivata 
Hoite Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Krishna Krishna Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Bo, Hare Bo, Hare Bo, Bo Hare Bo, Nitai Bo, Hare Bo, Hare Bo. Hari Bhagavad Gita Hari Bhagavad Gita
Okay, so Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur Ki Jai. I was reminded um, from this song because uh, the translator has put in the fourth verse if you get the post of, excuse me, Lord Brahma. You will then be constantly plotting how to usurp the post of Lord Shiva. Uh, I was reminded of the famous drama by Shakespeare, Macbeth. Uh, Macbeth is such a character. He is plotting constantly to get rid of everyone in his way of uh, becoming the king. And so he uses ruthless means, he and his wife um, have no qualms, no compunctions against murder. And so this is how they make their way following their ambitions. But of course, um, it all ends in their own deaths. Justice is, catches up with them. Anyway, plotting to become Lord Shiva, even if you cannot ever become Lord Shiva, because <laughs> uh, Lord Shiva, that post is already taken. <laughs> okay. So, welcome again to all of you who have joined uh, in the last few minutes. We're back in action in the Saturday Sangha world, speaking from, you guessed it, from central Poland. And uh, we are continuing to discuss about hermeneutics. And this time, as an experiment, I thought instead of starting with asking you, uh, inviting you to share, show and tell, or whatever, uh, and then taking questions. I thought, I'm going to start myself uh, with our hermeneutics discussion. <laughs> and uh, because we've been sort of creeping along not really moving forward very much. So I thought I, I would like to move forward. And it's a little bit in my mind um, because there's a hermeneutics course going on, um, so to say, as we speak. I'm scheduled to uh, facilitate one of the sessions tomorrow. And uh, in fact, in fact, I think uh, what I'll do is this won't be like rehearsing that session, but it will be the subject of that session. I think I will jump what what we had been gradually, ever so gradually talking about. Uh, we were trying to get through an article. Uh, that was published many years ago 
by the late Gopi Paranadana Prabhu, showing how, with one example uh, in a purport, how Srila Prabhupada's purport is built, uh, is constructed, you could say, or is based on uh, commentaries from uh, Sripad Sridhar Swami and um, Sripad Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur. Um, and it's hard to follow that unless you kind of read the whole thing nonstop all at once uh, to really get the point. The basic point is simple, though, uh, and you can sort of take it on faith, if you like, that Prabhupada was, um, to a very large extent, following previous acharyas. And um, based on their comments, he was making his comments. Which is not to say that he would not expand them. In fact, he would often expand considerably. Uh, because the commentators, generally they like to keep uh, their explanations quite short. Although they can mean a lot, even within a short phrase, there may be considerable meaning. And often Srila Prabhupada is unpacking those meanings. Uh, elaborating sometimes a whole paragraph just on one phrase or one sentence from one of the commentators. Anyway, so what I'll, what I thought to do instead now is to jump to um, to the topic that I'll be facilitating about uh, tomorrow, and for that. We want to share screen if possible. Let's see if we can do this. Yeah. Excuse me, Guru Maharaj. Um, if you start sharing the screen from your desktop, if you start sharing your desktop, you'll be able to switch between the apps or between the documents within the share, without interrupting the share. So it's just a note for the future. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was thinking that would be possible. So anyway, for now, i just sharing this one, uh, one screen. You can all see this? Yes, yes, we can. Okay. All right, so to get a, li a little bit of context, um, what we're looking at. So this, this hermeneutics process involves um, three sorts of considerations. Uh, the first is qualities, and qualities has to do with ourselves, um, considering our own yeah, our own mentality, our own approach, our our practice of Krishna consciousness, our um, advancement, how how well we are practicing sadhana, um, how willing we are to 
be flexible in changing our mind, changing our understanding. Perhaps I should explain, uh, because I think we have some with us who haven't been with us before. What is hermeneutics? It's about interpretation. Hermeneutics is a fancy word for interpretation, and it's, um, it's a culture, I would say, more than anything else, of, uh, of understanding and realizing and living by uh, the teachings of our tradition, which we find in Shastra. Um, and Shastra includes sadhu and guru, and we, we can talk about that with my specific topic. Okay, so that was <laughs> what is hermeneutics in, in, a, in a nutshell. So first is considering qualities, our own qualities. And there were six of those. I won't go back to that now, uh, but there were six sorts of qualities to, to consider about oneself. And then uh, there are what we call principles. And there are how many of these? I think there are 24 principles. And the principles come in the form of statements uh, which have to do with sort of basic um, basic understandings about Shastra. So, so there are these uh, many 24 principles. And then there's also what we call tools, and there are 40, four zero tools, um, which can be applied. So just like you're doing some work, you have to fix something. You have to fix a, a leaky um, pipe, maybe. So then you need a certain kind of tool uh, or tools to to tighten uh, the, the pipes. You won't be able to do it just with your bare hands. Um, you need some, some tools. And you need the right kind of tool. So these 40 tools are meant to assist in comprehending and understanding what, what is, what's going on, what is meant, what is intended. Uh, okay, so, and uh, going back to the principles, one of the principles out of the 24 is this one, which you see, number 14. Insight emerges through apt, through apt or appropriate dialogue and through mediation, resolution, or reconciliation of paradox, apparent contradiction, and multiple views. Uh, okay, there's kind of a lot here to unpack. So uh, we were asked in the 
Shastra Advisory Council, um, the members to compose short essays explaining on each of the subjects. So I was asked to write on this subject. And also, uh, I think it was Hari Parshada Prabhu uh, is also writing. Oops, that's longer than I thought it was. Huh. Oh, maybe it got merged together. No, Hari Parshada. Okay, so it's it's been a while since I looked at this. Good that I look at it now. Um, okay, well, let's get started and see what comes of this. So I start out talking about Sadhu Shastra Guru, uh, this famous line from Narottam Das Thakur's song. Sadhu Shastra Guru Vakya Hridaye Kuriya Aikya Narottam Das Thakur in Prema Bhakti Chandrika 1.10 suggests by this phrase that there can be more than one or several possibly apparently opposing perspectives and insights that we receive from these three foundational sources. And that effort is required, Korea having made, on the part of the devotee seeking clarity to then process those statements in such a way that a singularity, aikya, from the word eka, one or single, is reached or emerges in the heart, ridoie. Okay, so, so sadhu um, could be more than one sadhu, you know. There could be many different sadhus that one hears something from. Uh, there are also many shastras. Srila Prabhupada gave us quite many shastras. Um, if we look at uh, this, the everything together, um, it's it's a lot. And the Bhagavad Gita, the Bhagavatam, the Chaitanya Charitamrita, Bhagavatam has three hundred and thirty-five chapters. Uh, supposedly it has 18,000 verses, although someone counted and said, well, in the present division it's 14,200 and something. In any case, that's a lot. Uh, the 700 verses of Bhagavad Gita, that's a lot. Add to that Chaitanya Charitamrita, which is another, uh, what was it, also 14,000 verses or something. Uh, and that's not counting Nectar of Devotion, which is summary of uh, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. And Nectar of Instruction and Ishopanishad. And because we take Srila Prabhupada as our Shiksha Guru, uh, there's all of his lectures, all of his conversations, everything that's been recorded, and, of course, all of his purports in his books. His lectures, his 
conversations, his morning walk conversations, all of these things. And prophets and his letters, and prophets said so many things, sometimes apparently contradictory. And this is this is where this question comes up how to resolve contradictions or apparent contradictions. Okay, so uh, some effort may be required to sort through everything to get a clear idea. Then I go on to say, we should note that such a singularity or clear and definite single meaning could be different for different devotees. Hmm particularly in the sphere of avideya, the practice of bhakti. So it's not that one size fits all. Hmm? Especially in the matter of practice, we, we all have different sorts of duties depending who we are, and what is our ashrama, and what are our abilities, and, and also what our inclinations are. This is to say that the guidance of Sadhu Shastra Guru will likely be different in matters of right or best activities for different devotees, depending on their individual circumstances and other factors. Thus, for guidance in one's own spiritual life, one seeks to discern, one seeks to understand mm, or to see in the various statements of Sadhu Shastra Guru a singular decisive meaning that is definitive for one's personal decision-making, action, and outlook. There is conscious effort involved in doing this, and there is also faith that there is a single meaning. Again, a single meaning for oneself with respect to Abhideya. It can be more complicated than this, but this is sort of the basic idea. However, such singularity of meaning may or may not be applicable in the same way for all devotees. Thus, Naratantas implies that it is a responsibility of each devotee to realize for him or herself just how the statements of Sadhu Shastra Guru are meaningful for his or her own life. When we seek guidance from Sadhu Shastra Guru for collective understanding and action, we may still seek a singularity of meaning Yet, in this case, there may be a greater challenge in discerning the, meeting, the meaning that applies to the group or that applies to everyone in every respect. However, in the sphere of Sambandha Jnana, we seek a singular conclusion, Siddhanta, as that which is true in all circumstances and for all persons. So some weeks ago we talked about uh, the um, the ten 
essential principles of Siddhanta as uh, listed by Srila Bhakti Vinod Thakur. Mm -hmm. And how one of the one of the processes of engaging in hermeneutics is looking at a statement and seeing how does this affirm Siddhanta? How does it affirm our um, our doctrine, if you like, our conclusion? Uh, okay, so. Now, I mentioned it can get complicated, especially when you have a group of people and then multiply that group of people by, uh, as we have, we have ISKCON with so many groups of devotees and we have um, all over the world. So some things we want to know what is the proper understanding for all of us all over the world? And sometimes this can be very difficult. Uh, okay, so... Yeah, going to that point, uh, how for the whole world... Um, Traditionally, the Vaishnavas would have uh, communities, small communities, with a single guru. Um, and you simply ask your guru, and the guru tells you it's like this, or this is how we're understanding Shastra. And the, the case is closed. <laughs> But what do you do when you have a society which is with many gurus? And they may have different understandings. Um, how do we relate uh, with each other? Can we come to single conclusions? Or can it be, and the answer is in many cases, yes, it can be the case that although we have a singularity for ourselves, there may be multiple perspectives. There may be different ways of understanding. Okay, the next line of the song reminds us of the prayojana, the goal of devotees' deliberations. Shototo bhashibo prema majhe. Thus, I will float in love's midst. That's a kind of literal translation. This suggests a test for the rightness of a conclusion to deliberation, to the singularity of understanding reached. Is it conducive to, does it lead toward advancement in devotion to devotion's ultimate goal, prema bhakti? So this can be the question we can ask ourselves. Is this conclusion leading me forward uh, toward the goal? Also, in relation to avideya, or practice, does our understanding lead to further or expanded service? Uh, 
And then we have a short quote from, excuse me, Nectar of Devotion, which quotes from Bhagavatam 11th Canto. Lord Krishna says, When a person becomes my devotee, he automatically attains the fruits of the renunciation of material enjoyment, and he gets sufficient knowledge to understand the absolute truth. That is the test of advancement in devotional service. A devotee cannot be in darkness because the Lord shows him special favor and enlightens him from within. So this is uh, kind of a support to this point uh, of the test. He gets sufficient knowledge to understand the absolute truth. And how does he get that? From the Lord, ultimately. Tejam satadiyuktanam. I could have put that also in here. Tejam satadiyuktanam vatitam priti purvakam. The Lord says, one who is always engaged in his service, priti purvakam, in a positive way, dadami, I give, buddhi yoga, I give that um, intelligence by which the devotee can come to me. Okay, so this, raising this question means we want to be self-critical and we want to be cautious in reaching conclusions. Yet, it also invites us to reach a felicitous understanding. The word felicitous means something like happy, positive, uh, luminous, we might want to say sattvic, implying as it does that devotional progress indeed awaits us as a result of such understanding. So in other words, we, we can look forward to coming to clear understandings about things. Uh, we always... We seek clarity. That's our nature. We want to understand things. However, um, it's not that we understand everything. And so we have to also mm, let ourselves be undisturbed in conditions of unclarity. Okay. Uh, so moving to a slightly related subject, but slightly different focus. Guhyam akyati prachati. Guhyam can mean confidential. And the Sanskrit word relates to guha, hidden, hiding or hidden. So of course this is from uh, Nectar of Instruction. Guhyam akyati prachati. The injunction to share confidential subjects suggests first that there are confidential subjects. 
They may be confidential because they're about our own private lives. Or they may be confidential in the sense that only persons spiritually qualified have the adhikar, the qualification, to discuss them. So there's two ways something can be confidential. Something may be per personal, private. So I share, I share about it, but not with the world, um, because it's private. It's something only for uh, discussing with a confidential person, confidential friend, or respected superior. And then there's confidential uh, topics which are not for everyone to hear because uh, they require spiritual qualification, which everyone does not have. In discussing difficult questions of interpretation, we're called upon to delve into deeper rather than mere surface understanding. Uh, delve means to dig. And this is facilitated by discussion with appropriate qualified devotees. Yeah, so sometimes we have to be careful who are we talking with. And we may say, well, uh, you know, this is a topic that's very interesting and certainly worthwhile to talk about, but not in this circumstance, not with these particular persons. For whatever reasons, uh, it, it can, be, can be many reasons. And this applies very generally also to the broader topic, what we call preaching speaking with people about Krishna consciousness. Um, we want to be very sensitive to th their receptivity or their lack of receptivity. If someone is not receptive, then as is said, um, it is said that Jesus said uh, that uh, do not cast your pearls before swine. In plain English, do not throw your, your valuables, your jewels, your pearls before pigs. <laughs> okay. Uh, the phrase guhyam akyati prichati also suggests the need for a culture of trust among conversants or interlocutors, people discussing something. Just as the guru-disciple relationship affords the, re the revelation of truth on the basis of trust and faith. Similarly, in discussion among devotees, a basic sense of trust is an essential prerequisite for arriving at deeper understanding of spiritual truths. In contrast, where an adversarial spirit, a spirit of uh, fighting, prevails over a humble sense of shared interest in arriving at truth, it cannot be expected that an illuminating outcome will emerge.
This is not to say that disagreement cannot be present, but it must be held in a convivial mood. That means a friendly mood. And all participants must share a common readiness to have their opinions changed, possibly radically changed, or at least to be refined and nuanced. Congenial discussion, which may include debate, is called anuloma sambhasha. In Nyaya Shastra, this is the mood favorable for the practice of vada, discussion aimed at finding truth. Vada is contrasted with jalpa, which means wrangling, just arguing back and forth. And it's contrasted with tanda vitanda, quibbling, uh, which means also arguing, but uh, over it completely irrelevant things, um, both of which obstruct the aim of discerning truth. There's a whole lesson um, in the in the uh, hermeneutics course on this point only, the three different kinds of debate: vada, jalpa, and tanda vitanda. And um, Hari Parshara Prabhu, who gives that presentation, has made a nice PowerPoint about it, which, let's see, maybe later we could go through some of that. Okay. Okay, then... If a positive culture of dialogue is maintained, differing or multiple views can be conducive to enriched understanding of an issue. When there are varied views, matured devotees will take this as an indication that the truth lies somewhere amidst such views, not necessarily in the form initially assumed by any of the participants in discussion. Also, while acknowledging differences among the views, they will look for similarities and common ground as promising areas for arriving at an understanding. They will also show patience, aware that it may not necessarily happen that clear understanding emerges from a given discussion. Rather, it could take several discussions, possibly over a longer time, before clear understanding emerges. Sometimes unresolved issues persist because they are ill-conceived in the first place, requiring reframing. And sometimes what is needed is to clarify and bring to the surface what is unspoken, deeper issue? What is the unspoken, deeper issue behind an immediate issue? Related to this point, sometimes what is needed is to clarify what precisely is at stake. Uh, 
and for whom. This may involve recognizing and distinguishing between political interests and theological-philosophical questions, while also acknowledging that these may not be so easily separated. Also, it may be helpful when faced with multiple strongly held views to determine which of the hermeneutic tools offered in this program are being implicitly applied. By making these explicit, it may be possible to discern a better way to apply the tools with possible application of additional interpretive tools. Okay, that's quite a bit in one paragraph. Um, I think the main point I want to make is in the first line, to have a positive culture of dialogue. <laughs> we find ourselves in the age of Kali, in case you didn't notice. And what is one of the characteristics of the age of Kali? Uh, it's sometimes called the age of quarrel. Because we have that tendency. Um, even Vaishnavas have that tendency, <laughs> dare I say. <laughs> uh, we jump on the difference and we want to defeat someone who has a different understanding. We pull out our weapons and we start battling away uh, I have my quotes and I throw them at you and you have your quotes and you throw them at me and we, uh, we, we quote back and forth and we don't really listen, we don't listen to each other. Um, largely also because we don't have we may not have realization what we're talking about. We're simply quoting what someone else says. <laughs> mm. So a positive culture of dialogue is, is required, and that involves trust, that involves um, mutual respect, and it involves a genuine desire to, uh, to reach truth rather than to simply win an argument. And that means also it requires detachment. Um, I have a certain understanding and I become attached to it. I think it's like this. And for whatever reasons, I may think it's like this. Um, and so I'm holding on to that because I identify with it. This is, this is, uh, this is not only true, but it's, I'm, I'm investing myself in this, in this truth as I understand it. But what if the truth is something more, something deeper, something more um, beyond 
or in some different way from what I think it is, am I ready to change my understanding? Am I ready to let go of what I think is is right? So some detachment uh, is also required. And of course, most of all, most of all um, devotion is required, which is the spirit of uh, surrender to sadhu, shastra, and guru. And also a spirit of um, self-reflection, um, which we talked about before. Yeah, so there can be all kinds of um, all kinds of factors. Yeah, I wanted to point out this or emphasize this a little more. Um, patience, <laughs> patience with others who disagree with us—that can be very challenging. Sometimes they just we think, you know. These, this person or these persons are just really, they're in another universe. Um, but also patience, just that, okay, we, we haven't come to a clear understanding yet. Uh, and that's okay. We don't have to hold our breath and turn blue and purple uh, until we come to the the right conclusion. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see now. Let me take one more section of this. Whoops, let's see how far it goes. Okay, let's let's anyway proceed a little bit and then we can have some discussion. Mediation, resolution, or reconciliation of paradox. Arguably, paradox stands at the very center of core doctrinal propositional statements in Gaudiya Vaishnava ontology, specifically Achintya Veda Veda Vada. Genuine paradox does not yield to resolution such that the paradox collapses. Rather, paradox defies logic and points to mystery. When introducing the verses that come to be known as Chatushloki Bhagavatam, the four-verse Bhagavatam, Lord Narayan says in the Srimad Bhagavatam 2.9.31, Jnanam paramaguhyang me yat vijnanam samanvitam sarahasyang tarangangcha grihanagaritang maya. Knowledge about me as described in the scriptures is very confidential, and it has to be realized in conjunction with devotional service. The necessary paraphernalia for that process is being explained by me. You may take it up carefully. And then I elaborate on this verse. First, Lord Narayana 
declares that the knowledge he will explain is paramaguhyam, highly or most confidential. It is, quote, to be realized, vijnana in conjunction, samanvitam, with sa, devotional service, rahasyam. It is significant that Srila Prabhupada translates rahasyam as devotional service, considering that its standard meaning is secret, private, clandestine, concealed, mysterious. And in the footnote, we explain that uh, he's taking this from Srila Vishwanath Chagavari Thakur. Since the Chatu Shloki verses, uh, 33 through 36, especially verse 35, articulate the principle that will later be designated by Gaudiya Vaishnava Acharyas as Achintya Veda Veda We do well to pay special attention to the emphasis on confidentiality, hiddenness, and secrecy in verse 31. Further, it is noteworthy that Srila Prabhupada includes the adverb carefully to specify the activity of taking up grihana on this knowledge. And then we go to Prabhupada's purports of this same verse. He says, The Lord says that Brahma may take the answers as he, the Lord, explains them. This means that transcendental knowledge of the Absolute Supreme Being can be known if it is made known by the Lord himself. We may extrapolate from this to say that when we encounter paradoxes, they are to be handled with care, thus involving effort, further indicated in verse 36, as persistent effort, And that the truth of such paradoxes to be grasped in the practice of devotional service is ultimately for the Lord to reveal, not something that we can penetrate by our own individual or collective power. In this understanding, paradox is to be celebrated rather than feared. Lord Krishna comprehends within himself all contradictory qualities as expressed by the demigods in their prayer to the Lord. Um, Okay, so paradox. Paradox is uh, something to live with, not something to um, dismantle, not something to uh, destroy into something that's not a paradox. <laughs> and when you look at spiritual truths and you keep looking and go deeper into them, it's quite possible they become more and more of a paradox. And that's okay. <laughs> we can celebrate them rather than fear them. We could say another point, I don't think I've mentioned this here, but related to this, is 
this is where the rasa of adbuta, of wonder, comes in. Uh, we can find uh, we can find the absolute truth to be wonderful. The Lord is all-powerful, all-knowing. He's omniscient um, and omnipotent. Um, and simultaneously, when he's in Vrindavan, as a child, being scolded by his mother Yashoda, he is genuinely fearful uh, and genuinely crying. It's not just imitation, and that's explained uh, by Vishwanath Chagavari Thakur. It's not... Um, it's not that he is just putting on a show. How is this possible? Why should it not be possible for the Lord to arrange to forget that he is the Lord <laughs> if he so desires? So that's very nice. Okay, I think uh, maybe that's enough for now. And let's come back here. Yes. And let's see if there's some comments. Um, Avaduta Rai. Uh, has this question. Does the absolute truth have varieties of conclusions? If yes, sometimes it is said that the acharyas don't, contra don't contradict each other. This is quite puzzling. Um, sometimes the acharyas do contradict each other. We were just uh, reading about this um, The word, first of all, the word contradict is, I don't think, the appropriate word. They may have different perspectives. And as for varieties of conclusions, I think we need to understand that the absolute truth is not just, um, it's not only something we articulate with pro propositional statements. It's not just, we, we have propositional statements, uh, but that's not the only way that we understand the absolute truth. Therefore, we, we hear again and again, it's about realizing the absolute truth, uh, which is, comes through revelation. That revelation comes how? Comes by service. The only way to understand uh, is by by service. Anyway, um, not a contradiction, but an interesting difference. We we came uh, to discuss in uh, the Mayapur Academy uh, course. They're doing the Bhaktivedanta course, and we were going through the Rasa Lila Panchadhyaya, the five chapters of the 
Rasalila, um, which, by the way, are available, maybe most of you know, on SoundCloud. <laughs> Madhajivan's been posting the audio. Um, so, according to the Bhagavatam, uh, this is in... Um, it's in chapter 30. Uh, the gopis are looking for Krishna because he's disappeared uh, after he has perceived that they have some pride in the, as they're dancing. So he disappears and the gopis are looking for him in the forest. Eventually they find some footprints. Then they find two sets of footprints and they come to understand that this is a special gopi uh, who is with Krishna. And then uh, Shugari Goswami explains uh, that what has happened is that this special gopi, she became proud. <laughs> and so Krishna disappeared from her. Um, but Kavi, Kavi Karnapura, Srila Kavi Karnapura, uh, gives us uh, a different perspective in his Ananda Vrindavan Champu. Uh, he tells it in a different way. He says, actually, Shimati Radharani has such a soft heart, and she was feeling. Uh, that uh, it was not right that she was alone with Krishna. And therefore she prompted, uh, she uh, sort of induced uh, this situation so that she would end up with the other gopis. In other words, it was her soft heart, it was her compassion. She des desired all of this to happen in this way. So does that mean Kavikarnapura is disagreeing with Shukadev Goswami? I, I don't think so. I wouldn't be so hasty to say that. I would say rather uh, he is showing something more of the, the infinite pastimes of, of Krishna, uh, how they may be revealed uh, to the devotees. Mm. Yeah, let's um let's go to Hema Gopi's comment. Thank you, Maharaj, for this instructive instructive presentation. Where is it possible to find some literature on positive culture of dialogue or the culture of dialogue in Vaishnava philosophy? I need it for my research. <laughs> ah, okay, well, I'd have to think about that. I mean, for culture of dialogue in general, there's a whole field of uh, study now. Mm. They even call it dialogue, dialogue studies, don't they? Um, the first place I would look would be on academia.edu. I mean, that might throw you into an ocean of 
of uh, scholarly papers. Um, I'll I'll try to think about it if there's something else I can think of that's been written. But I know there are journals. Um, there's you know em empirical studies being done. <laughs> on different sorts of dialogue and so on. But culture of dialogue, yeah. Uh, cultures of dialogue. We'd have to think of some, some more key words maybe to, to search for, but I, culture of dialogue. Have to think about that. Uh, sorry, I don't have a more specific answer to that. Um, culture of dialogue for Vaishnavas. It seems to me that Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur was mm, very concerned about this. And it sort of manifests in his, his two books, uh, the, uh, well, the the Jaiva Dharma in particular. So there he has the, the different Vaishnavas uh, discussing with each other, and he's always going to quite some length uh, to show the, the spirit of that dialogue, the highly respectful uh, spirit of it. And then there's, uh, what's the book? Uh, yeah, the Prema Pradipa is a much smaller book in in which it's a story about some um, Brahma Samaj members. The Brahma Samaj, which was uh, a kind of a movement that started in the early 19th century um, some Brahma Samaj members come and uh, go to the to the Vaishnavas with the intention of preaching to them <laughs> to convert them to their Brahma Samaj ideas, and instead the the opposite happens. The Vaishnavas uh, be, uh, they they find the, the words and the behavior of the Vaishnavas so attractive. Uh, that they, uh, their hearts melt and they themselves become followers of the Vaishnavas. Yeah, that's what comes to my mind. Uh, let's see, dear Lalita, how is it possible that one can be born as Lord Brahma but can't become Lord Shiva? when the Bhagavatam says that Lord Shiva is the son of Lord Brahma. <laughs> so confusing. Yes, well, <laughs> I would say it's the same idea as how do we understand that Lord Vishnu, how do we understand that Krishna comes from Vishnu? In some sense, we understand Krishna comes from Vishnu, uh, but we understand that Vishnu is coming from Krishna. So you've got Krishna 
on the top, and then from Krishna is expanding the Narayana forms and so on, and then there's Vishnu, and then the Vishnu forms, so many, and then through Vishnu, uh, we have the appearance of Lord Krishna. So Krishna is coming through them. In a similar way, Lord Shiva is coming through Lord Brahma. But it's not that, it's not in, it's not the ordinary kind of birth, put it that way. Uh, okay. Odarya Chandrika and Dharma Gopta idea about how to detach ourselves from I am right, you are wrong could be looked at in terms of the price you need to pay for it. Uh, you pay with that particular relationship, no more loving relationship, for example, or even well-being or health. Yes, of course. Sometimes um, in an argument, you might, uh, you might, as they say in English, you may win the battle but lose the war. So you, you have your argument uh, and you're attached to being right. But it may not be important to be right. In fact, that can be the first question to ask ourselves in any argument. How important is it to be right? I'm right, you're wrong. <laughs> is that really the case? And what's so, what's so bad about being wrong? So another... Um, one technique that I think is helpful in such matters is to say, maybe you're right. So you're not, you're not accepting defeat. You're not saying you are right, but you're leaving it open. You're leaving it open. Maybe you're right. And you genuinely mean it. You don't mean it in a super, uh, sarcastic way. Because in the ultimate ultimate uh, reality, in the ultimate uh, end, how, how much do we know? Uh, how, how, much, how much do we actually comprehend uh, the way things are? What we can say with confidence is we can qualify. We can say, from my perspective, as far as I am able to see, and based on what I have heard, based on what, based on what my guru has taught me, uh, based on whatever it is, we should have some basis for what we take to be the case. So based on this, this is my conclusion. This is my understanding. Or we can say, well, I've always thought this way, and um, <laughs> it's difficult for me to change. 
it's it's uh, it's very strange for me to think in a different way from this. But I'm willing to try. You can also uh, express it like that. Okay, I hope that helps. Oh, Darya Chandrika. Yes, Guru Maharaj, thank you so much. Um, if I can say uh, just one more thing. Uh, yes, here please. Because, yeah, yeah, because, um, you know, what feels fools uh, this, I'm right, you're wrong, you know, wh why I'm so attached to be, I'm right and you're wrong, for example. Uh, it's also, it's not that I'm, I have to pay a price, but it's also I get pay off from being right. Hmm. So this is something which fuels, fuels, thank you, fuels <laughs> that well, I want to be right. You know, it's something like um, yeah. psychological level, of course. Yeah. So that's why it's so hard to let it go or yeah. uh, be more. Yeah. This is just I wanted to add. Yes. We're, um, it goes back to, I think I mentioned in this part of this essay, um, uh, what, what is at stake? So there can be various things at stake, but uh, there must be some kind of, as you say, a payoff, uh, something that I win uh, for myself as, as a result of winning an argument, if that's possible. Is it possible to win an argument? I don't know. <laughs> <clears throat> Sometimes I think, you know, in global politics, I really wonder why they seem to only function on the level of 10-year-olds. You know, like whole countries uh, in their so-called diplomacy or lack of diplomacy uh, will make some statements uh, in such ways that you think, well, that would be a, a kind of statement you'd expect on a, on a playing field among 10 or 12-year-olds. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Can't they be more mature? <laughs> uh, it, it's, I think it's been said like that, diplomacy in the world tends to be on this very low, immature level for the most part. Because nobody wants to admit, maybe I'm wrong, maybe we are, maybe we could do this another way. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate. This is the age of Kali. Manda sumanda matayo manda bhagya hi upadruta. Manda means slow, and sumanda, mati, means very slow in the mind. <laughs> very slow intelligence. Manda bhagya, um, slow or poor intelligence. And upadruta always dist um, means disturbed, always, uh, always, in, always shaking. So there's no no steadiness.
Okay. Um, well, let's see. Does anyone have something, something to share? Any, any news? Any old things? New things? We have one new thing to share. We have with us today Divya Darshini Devi Dasi and Ratko. Please welcome Divya Darshini, who has just received initiation a few days ago. You can all unmute and say Hari Hari Bo. <laughs> Divya Darshini and Ratko are in Rieka. Am I right? You're living in Rieka or near Rieka? Yes. In Croatia. So they're they're joining the party, joining the family. Um, who else? I don't want to put anyone on the spot, but I see Katarina is here. I'm not sure. Are you are you in Moscow? Katarina, maybe she's not. Uh, I don't. No, if I know Katarina. Anyway, <laughs> welcome, Katarina. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, of course. Singhachalam. Thank you. Hare Krishna, Katarina. Yes, welcome. Okay, and who else is here? We see Analia all the way from Mendoza. <laughs> and. Madhupuri is saying Haribo Mendoza Yatra Kijai. Best place in the universe, right? <laughs> oh, and we have Param Damananda with us. I just now see. Welcome Param Damananda. Just back from India. Um, do you want to say a few words about your experience in India? You were there quite some time. Yes, you... Uh, okay. Hello. Hare Krishna, everybody. Hare Krishna, Guru Maharaj. Yes, um, I mean, uh, India was... Uh, during two and a half years, I was there. Oh. Basically, I arrived before the pandemic. Uh -huh. and uh, stayed until recently, mm -hmm. a month ago. And I think that, uh, you know, in spite of what I'm seeing, I'm now in Czech Republic, what I'm seeing here, I think that in India, in spite of all the difficulties, that people are still more happier in in daily affairs or when one goes to shopping or something, whatever, whatever I'm, I've met people here in Czech, most of them, they are fed up. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody is wearing masks. 
you know, they go to shop, they put a mask, and then they quickly take it off and rah, this is horrible. <laughs> and so this is the acceptance of some of this imposition. I found that in India, people, they are more receptive mm. whatever has been imposed say, by the government or the authorities. That's from the Indian culture. Huh. Surrender. <laughs> so like that and people were much more cooperative and uh, and many people they 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 enjoy they sort of they don't see it as a problem hmm. or obstacle to their daily life they just accept okay this is what we have to do <laughs> so there is a less resistance definitely and uh, i've been different places south india himalayas you know, so that's an inspiration that we just have to do it, you know. Get and on, I myself get on with yes. life. Get on yeah. get on just with get life. Get on with life and adjust. <laughs> and in fact, I see this mask thing as a positive thing, and I you know, I like to wear it. One does not have to breathe other people. <laughs> and also in the winter cold environment, it protects the breath from uh-huh getting cold, chest, mm. and also it's a sort of certain anonymity, you know, mm. when I'm going into places and people are looking always and observing. And <laughs> so I think the anonymity aspect is also a valuable contribution, <laughs> and besides the hygienic. Uh-huh. And, uh, so what I would recommend, a cotton mask or some sort of... Uh, Pure materials, not uh, uh, plastic or this surgical mask. Uh, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So now you're back in Czech Republic. Yeah, I am hosted by a nice family uh, for some time. And then there are some uh, ideas for future developing a small uh, outdoor yoga shala or mm. little place where people could come and heal mm. practice meditation and uh, with uh, goshala aspect Achha. the uh, <laughs> the the lady from the embassy czech embassy she was interested a long time to introduce the project which would have a sort of like a flagship okay we are protecting cows here as well and they were already in touch with the embassy here, and they said, "Yes, maybe we could transport a few cows, you know, and start something like that." Acha, transport means f- like from India. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. from India. Well, and apparently in Holland there was a community, that scientific community, that they did it, and because the dashi cows are the Indian cows, they are specific, and hmm. their milk is also quite different and other cows so the idea is to have this dashi cows you know on uh, that part but it is still subject you know planning yeah yeah you know and she since she's on the high post it's easy to sort of talk to people yeah yeah and, uh, okay and i've been editing and I, if anyone is interested i've been finally you know uh completing some of these uh, pictures I've been uh, gathering in sacred places and very beautiful locations. Mm. 
uh, often unvisited or less, less visited. And uh, one of the sequences has been now, will be tomorrow shown as part of Auroville Film Festival, which mm -hmm. is a festival dedicated to uh, quality of human unity. Mm -hmm. And I'm submitting now to other film festivals. And mm -hmm. we will see where it takes me. It's sort of like a contribution and celebration of flowers oh. and soil uh -huh. and, and water. Uh -huh. So it's supposed to soothe and delight the viewer. Okay. Without words. Very nice. There's a book, by the way, you might be interested in by uh, Christopher Chapel. Came out um, a year ago or so, uh, called Living Landscapes, and it's uh, it's kind of taking from different shastras meditations on earth, water, fire, air, ether, living landscapes. It's available on Kindle. <laughs> Okay, good, thank you. Anyone else have some news? Something, anything you want to share? Something. I can share, uh, I can just share a link with devotees. Okay. Where the film can be accessed. It's a short okay. film, 15 minutes. So I'll uh, put it in the uh, comments there. Okay. And uh, that means we'll have to copy it to something else because it disappears otherwise when we end. Yeah, try to do it quickly. Oops. Uh. Oh, uh, Chitrakarani, I see now your message. You have met uh, images of Hinkatabhattas Samadhi Kutir. Yes, please show. Hare Krishna, please accept my respectful obeisance. Hare Krishna, my dear Godsnings, it's wonderful to be with you again. And uh, okay, first share screen. Share. Yes. And um, Ananta Das Prabhu told me that it is just recently made. That's why I wanted to share. Yes. I, I think it's very beautifully made. It's yeah. really very nice. Sorry. Here we go. They make a little 
garden here. It's so beautiful. Oh, yeah. And uh, this, I don't understand this language. Mm. Mm. Oh, yes, it is written Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Yeah. <laughs> and also it has his, um, both his names, his civil name and also his yes. spiritual name. That's nice. Uh, he born in the same year, 1970. Mm -hmm. And here also on the top is very oh. beautiful. I didn't see that before, yeah. Yeah, there is this yeah, yeah. flower, Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. huh. yeah. That's it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> very good, thank you. And now, how will I go out? Uh, there's a button somewhere that... Yes. There's a red button. There, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for the help. <laughs> yeah, Venkata, but uh, uh, of course, most of you know, he departed absolutely suddenly. I think there could be no more sudden departure than he had. It must have been heart failure. And that was um, that was a year ago in January that he departed so it's nice to see that um, his memorial um, couture as he said has been made so nicely okay um, what else anyone else something anything oh Robert Blaschik is with us I see <laughs> Or maybe just his picture. Uh, okay. Otherwise, I can mention one thing myself, or a couple of things. Um, you know, I sort of, um, we say, there's an expression, dancing on two weddings at the same time. So I'm... In, occupied uh, with spiritual activities, with devotees. I'm also occupied in some academic so-called activities. So uh, about two weeks ago, a little over two weeks ago, I think it was, I got an email from one professor in Australia asking me, could I please... Um, send him, could I please provide for him an article written by myself on Indian animal ethics? And he said, I need the article in two to three weeks. Well, you know, nobody asks. He, he wants it for a book. Uh, he's editing a volume which will be published um, by Routledge. Uh, on Indian ethics. So he wanted something on animal ethics. He said, but I need it in three weeks' time. And I thought, you know, what kind of madness is that? Nobody asks for an article in two or three weeks. But he explained, he said, "It's sorry it's last minute, but um, it would be nice if you could provide something. You've written other things. He said, actually, you could 
kind of recycle something you've already written, but it, of course, can't be exactly the same. It has to be somewhat different. So anyway, I found myself agreeing, uh, and I ended up writing a new article altogether. And so this was keeping me also very busy the last couple of weeks. I haven't heard back from him yet. Uh, I've sent it to him. I hope he's satisfied with it. It's about uh, the first two limbs of yoga, yama and niyama, in relation to animals and animal ethics. I go through each of the... Uh, there's five items within yama, five items within niyama. <clears throat> and I discuss them in relation to caring for animals. Uh, let's see how it goes. And also, I've been, uh, ex I had submitted a proposal for a presentation at a conference coming up this uh, coming July in Slovenia in Piran, Slovenia. Uh, the conference is about pilgrimage. It's called Sacred Journeys. I've participated before, and uh, Hemangi Gopi knows about this. She's also attended. So anyway, uh, I made a proposal, and it's been accepted, and so it's possible I'll be attending that I hope we, it's going to be possible to go um, not just through Zoom. They're going to combine actual presence and, and online, but I'm hoping to be there uh, in person. <laughs> and my subject is Lord Chaitanya's pilgrimage to Vrindavan. Because I figure I've been presenting already two or three times at this uh, group, this conference, and I'm talking about Vrindavan each time. So this time it's going to be about Lord Chaitanya going to Vrindavan. <laughs> I want to get them aware of Vrindavan and Krishna. I figure that can be my, ser my little service. Okay, Hare Krishna. Oh, uh, Sitarani is asking, is it possible to share the article about Yama and Niyama? Um, yes, please, uh, please wait. It may be that I will be revising the article some, um, but you can remind me again after, I don't know, maybe after two weeks you can remind me. Is that okay? Okay. <laughs> all right. So I want to wish you all a wonderful week coming up. Uh, the, the days are getting longer now, gradually. The sun is coming back to the north. For those of you in the south, I should say the opposite. <laughs> Your days are now getting starting to get shorter. <laughs> uh, but maybe you're relieved by that. It won't be so, so hot. Uh, 
Okay. Oh, here's the message from... I have to copy this. There's a message on chat from from Dhammananda if we want to watch his film. Okay. So, Hare Krishna, everyone, keep well, keep chanting Hare Krishna, chant and be happy. Uh, Hare Krishna. Keep, Krishna. keep life simple. Hare uh, and uh, thank you, Guru Maharaj, for everything. And for your mercy, your words. Hi, Hare Krishna, Guru Maharaj. Hare Krishna. Thank you, Guru Maharaj. Tigor, Premanande. Hare Krishna. 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 Hare Krishna